When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Simzak. All right, we're back. Time once again for another exciting episode of the Decibel Geek Podcast. And you know, this winter has been a real bitch, you know, and, and it's been rough. It's been cold everywhere, a ton of snow. It, it's just been awful. And, you know, everybody's been complaining and bitching about it, but nobody's done nothing about it. Well, today... We're going to give this icy devil his due and send his ass packing. And as formidable as Chris and I are, we're going to need a little help to do it. Yeah, uh, winter basically sucks. That's why we titled the show this week, Winter Sucks, because this has been a horrible winter. But at the same time, I know that our guest host today is probably laughing at us for (laughs) us complaining about our Tennessee winter. From the Great White North and new free agent to the podcasting field, Mitch LaFon. Mitch, how you doing? Doing very well, and yeah, I, I was sitting here going, uh, "Hello, uh, come to Montreal if you want to bitch about winter." <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? You feel, you feel I, like you're I would imagine when you look outside today, you see some green grass or, or green leaves or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see snow. <laughs> we haven't really had a lot of snow down here this year. It's no. been cold, but you know, the, we've seen the lawn all year, all through the winter. Mm-hmm. So it ain't nothing as bad as, as Mitch has got it way up north. But today, for everybody all over the, the country and the world that's experienced a really bad winter, we're going to use the power of rock and roll to combat it. Yeah, we're going to play our basic, basically our favorite, we're, we're going to talk about our favorite winter theme songs. And you'll hear little bits and pieces of them. And uh, just to kind of a, a new way to do a twist on the regular theme of playing some music. And, you know, Mitch has brought his picks as well. And before I get into this, um, I decided to start an experiment, <laughs> and it's kind of grown. It's, I've turned it, turned it into a monster, apparently, because yeah. uh, I had the idea. Last week, we did the Judas Priest discussion with Tim from Brave Words. That was awesome. Had a lot of great feedback on that. It was a lot of fun. And um, I came up with an idea, and I was like, what if I put out a, a call to people and say, retweet or retweet on Twitter or share the link on Facebook to the episode and I'll mention your name on the show. And I'm thinking five people will do this and it'll be no big deal. <laughs> I was Boy, wrong. were you wrong. <laughs> so um, I'm going to real quickly go through that. And, yeah. and these are our geeks. And you said you were going to do it. So yeah. now we were going to do it. These are our geeks of the week. And uh, hey, we'll do it again next week. So in advance, if you, if you like this show and you think it deserves a retweet or a share and you do it, <laughs> Let me know, and I will mention your name on next week's show. God, this okay. is going to become a long list. Here we go. All right, Facebook, Chris Karam, Shane Aber. Sorry if I get the names wrong. Matt Porter, Pierre, Pierre Lorenzo, Michael Cosgrove, The Riff of the Day. That's a strange name. <laughs> nice. Gino Ames, Thomas Mukaji, Enrique Altamarino. I think I got that right. That's good. Cal Hintz, you know him. I do. Camel Joe, it's a band. Robert DePasqua, Brad Kalmanson, Todd Cunningham, Scott Ollinger. Those are the Facebook. And if I missed anybody, let me know, and I'll read your name next week. Some of those people just got two Ten to Lowell CDs sent to them. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We got that, too. All right, on Twitter. Now, some of these names are pretty creative. Some of them are normal, but some of them are creative. So here we go. Robert Collins, Love Hate with Jake, Andrew Jacobs, Cabo Wabo Dude, Jeff Ludband, Viking Girl. 
like nice. that one. Nice, I like that too. Derek Novak, Music Mags and Wax. That guy's actually running our Instagram page. Cool. Rainbow in the Dark, Dream Theater 68, Club Caggiano, Ryan McKay, Robert Hicks, and Maria Haskins. Okay, nice. So, so let me catch my breath. <laughs> oh, there's more. Yeah, th- no, that's all. That's, oh, all. Okay. that's all for this week. But that's a that, for a first week experiment. That's a pretty good list of people. That's cool. We so, appreciate all. Yeah, of you. thank you everybody for sharing and retweeting our uh, little thing we got going on here. So next there week, ho- hopefully, more of you'll do it next week, and I'll, I'll mention your name just like I did this week. So um, I th- here's how I thought we would do it. I thought we would just go through our picks, and it's going to go order of Aaron, me, and then Mitch, and uh, we'll just go in that order, and you know, go through the list. Aaron, Aaron, what's your first pick? Uh, my first pick, I thought, you know, we talked about what a frigid winter it was here in Tennessee. I know that's everybody up north of from here, anywhere north is laughing at that. But I wanted to start with a band from Tennessee, Memphis's own Tora Tora. Mitch, you know about Tora Tora, don't you? Yeah, you know, listen, uh, Walking Shoes was was actually a single that made its way up to Canada, which was rare back in the day because uh, bands from the, the South, uh, you know, a lot of times got ignored by much music in our radio. So, no, no, we, we heard about Tora Tora. Great band. And, Great uh, band. You know, your song, Cold Fever. Yeah, from uh, 1992's Wild America. Yeah, I was yeah. I was listening to Wild America it's the other day album. after he told me his pick because you can listen to the whole thing on YouTube. Not that I'm advocating that. And the whole album is really good. That's one of yeah. those that you can put it on from beginning to end, and That's there's great. really not any filler. You know, it's all killer. Definitely an overlooked band for sure. Well, you know, it was it was one of those uh, things of the 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 decade that they came out in. Right? They 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 got in too late to the scene. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of bands, really good bands that fell victim to that. Just, you know, they were riding the, the final crest of the wave of that was the party rock hair metal bands, you know. And and then when everything changed, a lot of them got caught in that vacuum that, you know, they should have been bigger than they were. But because of the changing scene, they didn't have a chance. All right. Well, so for my first pick, uh, this one was one, this one came to mind immediately and a lot of uh Listeners actually suggested it when I put out a call for their suggestions, um, and it's it's it was a it's a song by Rainbow called Stone Cold that came out in the mid '80s. Heck yeah! And um, it came from Straight Between the Eyes, which was their sixth studio album, it was released on June 10th, 1982. Actually, early '80s, I should say. Produced by Roger Glover, who also plays bass on it. Um, you know, it's a great lineup: had uh, Richie Blackmore, Joe Lynn Turner on vocals, David Rosenthal on keys, and then Bobby Rondinelli on drums. Yeah, yeah it's a strong a, lineup. Sure is. This album was criticized by some for being too AOR, but if that's the case, they did AOR as well as you could possibly do it. Right. It's uh, Mitch. Are you a big fan of the, the Rainbow era from that time? You know, not really. I never was a, was a big Rainbow guy. Um, I, I like the Ronnie James Dio stuff, quite frankly. Yeah. You know, you, you really can't beat Ronnie. That 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 little 
pint-sized devil was, was, <laughs> was a hell of a voice, wasn't it? Pint-sized yeah. devil. I like that. I've never heard that put it that way before. <laughs> but yeah, I, 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 I got to agree. Yeah. You know, the, as far as like lineups of, of Rainbow go, I got to go with Dio every time. But this is a good strong lineup too, you know, and great singing also on this stuff. Yeah. So, all right. So, Mitch, it's, it's time for your first pick. You, you know, I'm going to go with Long Cold Winter by Cinderella. First of all, because it has been a long cold winter, especially <laughs> mm-hmm. especially in Montreal. And you know, that that song just really showcases Tom Kiefer's voice and also showed that Cinderella weren't just an eighties hair metal band. It really took them into this blues rock, even yeah. more so than Aerosmith. It pushed the boundaries and it, it was a courageous song to put out. I mean when you have Poison doing uh, nothing but a good time and Doctor Feel Good by Motley Crue and then you have this song that comes out and is sort of anti-hair metal, very sort of Janis Joplin-y. Um, it's a great track. It, just, it really just showcased Tom Kiefer very, very well. And, you know, the uh, the album has, I think, Cozy uh, Powell on the demos and stuff. There's a lot of interesting vaccine stuff going on when to get that track done. Yeah, they were. I mean, that, that song in particular, but a lot of the material that they put out back in the 80s um, doesn't sound dated. Like, it could have easily fit into any other period of time, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. the first album a little bit, yeah, but, you know, because that's yeah. definitely a timepiece. I mean, you look at them on the cover, right. you see what they're trying to do. But then again, a lot of times that's the thing where, you know, we got to kind of play along with this in order to get the recognition, in order to get the, the videos on MTV right. and everything. Mm-hmm. But next album comes around, here's what we're really about. Right. They did the first album and did what John Bon Jovi told them to do. Right. Yeah, they really did, and and they did it really well. Yeah, they and, did. And uh, you know, as, as far as I know, most of the guys live in Tennessee now, yeah, they so they're do. all in your part of the woods. They, I guess they couldn't handle long cold winters anymore. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, the yeah. long cold winters out in Hollywood. <laughs> well, well the, they were out from Philadelphia, Philadelphia right? right? Yeah, that's so, true. Have you ever seen the uh, Pat's Chili Dog commercial that they did the the song for the music for? Yeah, that's oh. the greatest thing. That's on, on YouTube. YouTube, and this was pre uh, night songs yeah. and. Uh, it's wow. the funniest video. I mean, here are these <laughs> hair metal guys eating hot dogs. Yeah, they're doing a chili dog commercial. Chili dog what is commercial. that? How do you look that up? Where is it? On I'll, YouTube? I'll What's it called? Link. Yeah, it's, put the link in the notes, couple, man. It's I'd a like restaurant to see called Pat's Chili Dogs. Yeah, do, put that in the show notes. They do like a rock and roll theme song for the commercial. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's funny. That's awesome. All right. Well, all right. So, Aaron, you got the, the next pick. All right. Here's one that describes the, the temperature all over the place at some point or another this winter. I'm going to go with David Lee Roth from A Little Ain't Enough in 1991. It's 40 Below. And this song is great. I mean, it reminds me of an old Van Halen tune. Well, that whole album had a Van Halen vibe to it. I mean, just the title song, A Little Ain't Enough. Yeah. It's probably one of the best songs that features David Lee Roth on vocals. And I'm comparing it to Hot With Teacher and Hot For Teacher, I should say, and all those other... I mean, that's a great album, and 40, 40 Below, I mean, it was a really nice, solid rock record. Yeah, 
didn't gather a lot of steam, but yeah, it was a good rock record. Well, I think it, it sold pretty good considering, you know, 1991 for David Lee Roth. You know, what do you really expect? Yeah. You know, guys like that weren't, you know, when, when Pearl Jam and Nirvana and Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and, and all that. And then David Lee Roth, you know. And I think he stepped up his game from, I like it better than Skyscraping. Though skyscraping oh, yeah. Better financially. But, and then I think, is it, is it Jason Becker playing guitar on yes, the album? Yes, that guy is freaking awesome. That's a, that was an incredible guitar player. And boy, yeah. his, his story alone deserves a whole episode to itself. Okay, so next pick is mine. Uh, this one came to me pretty quickly. Most of my picks came to me pretty quickly for some reason. Um, this, and usually I dig a lot, but I didn't have to this time. Um, Aerosmith from Get Your Wings, I'd pick Seasons of Wither. Yeah. And, um, you know, Get Your Wings was the second studio album released in 74, March 1st, 74. So this album just turned 40. Wow. Hard, wow. hard to believe. <laughs> Uh, this it's hard to believe old. that a lot of the albums we love are turning 40. I mean, I just did a whole thing about Kiss Kiss, that, you know, and that just turned 40, and you're like, holy fuck, how yeah. old am I? Exactly. It's <laughs> a, a sad reminder. Um, yeah. This was the first album they did with Jack Douglas, who would also do another, you know, run amazing, of amazing albums with them. Certified. It's also the, the first album they would do with Dick Wagner and Steve Hunter, but that's true. That's right. Yeah, Trey Heck kept it yeah. rolling. Amazing guitar playing. Um, the Get Seasons of Wither was written solely by Steven Tyler. On, uh, <coughs> excuse me, using an old acoustic guitar that Joey Kramer had found in the garbage on Beacon Street. Crazy. And he wrote it. He was inspired by the Massachusetts landscape at wintertime, and I guess was depressed and wrote the song. Yeah, Seasons of Wither. That that fits. You know how this last winter's been for a lot of people. I've seen. Um, John Karabi a couple of times do a cover of this that's really good. Right. right on. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely one of those gems. You know, when you talk about bands that have these hidden gems, uh, Season of Wither is, is a great one for, for Aerosmith. In fact, didn't Tesla also do a cover of it? Yeah, they did. They, I think they did it on that reel-to-reel CD. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And you know what? It, it works. Anybody who does, it seems to work. Karabi and Tesla and, of course, Aerosmith. It's, it's a great song, great tune. Yeah, just, as, a, as long as somebody like Miley Cyrus doesn't do it, it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how she dresses. Oh, don't even say it. Well, bet you don't know this. Every week I try to get Miley Cyrus mentioned on the show, but no, I'm just kidding. No. Um, That's all right. Every time I do an interview, I try to get Kiss mentioned. Yeah, we do. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) All right, so um, speaking uh, about Kiss, a a band that uh, Gene Simmons discovered is your next pick, right, Mitch? Right, that he supposedly (laughs) discovered and Bill O'Coin passed on. You know, we're going right back with uh, David Lee Roth, but this time in Van Halen doing Ice Cream Man. Yeah. And if you let me cool you one time, you'll be my regular style. All right, boys. I'll put my vanilla pixie cups over the same push up to her ice cream man. Stop me with a fancy vibe. She now all my flavors again, she's satisfied. Yes. We're talking winter, and, and of course, in the summer when you get too hot, you want that winter feeling, and ice cream is where you go get it, right? And so another great song, a bit of a strange song. You know, Van Halen was all over the map in those early days from doing metal songs to doing hard rock songs to doing 
you know, ditties and blue. I mean, but Ice Cream Man, I, I don't think anybody out there who's a Van Halen fan would argue that that's a really cool song. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it it doesn't sound like your typical hard rock and Van Halen song that you'd expect. <laughs> Not you know? till the last and, half. Right, yeah, yeah until yeah. it kicks in. But at first, I can imagine somebody at that time that was a huge Van Halen fan. Like when we talked to Todd Zilla, you know, and, and sitting down and listening to that, all excited for the first time, and then Ice Cream Man comes on, and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I almost picked, after I saw Mitch's pick, I almost changed one of mine to Stay Frosty to play it on the back of it. Oh, yeah, we could add a know, triple shot. Because it, 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 is, it is similar. They're, they're very similar. And obviously Van Halen yeah. was paying homage to their own song with Stay Frosty. But Stay Frosty is a great song also. Yeah. You know, that Van Halen album, that last one, uh, what is it? Different Kind of Truth. Yeah. That some, there are some fans that really bash it, but I, I, I got to say, I think it's one of the best ones they've ever done. I do too. It's solid from top I to agree. bottom. and. Yeah. The fact that they went and got demos that were 35, 40 years old and sort of just brushed them up, uh, uh, you know, Gene, Paul, and, you know, Rick Rick and Robin Zander and all you people, go go back to your demos. That's what we want to hear. Well, yeah, because yeah, it's got that original spirit on it. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's where it so came from. I encourage everybody, go to your vaults and just dust. Forget writing new songs. Somebody <laughs> wants a new song. <laughs> I don't mind. I mean, she's a woman. I mean, that was in the vault since like 77, and it sounds great. Yeah, yeah it's it a killer, killer song. And I yeah. think that's what really made that album so good is because, you know, if, if you go back and do that, then you're going to get the Van Halen album that you, that yeah. as a fan, want to hear. You love that early stuff. Well, this is the early stuff. Right. But, yeah, and, you, but know. you also love the early stuff with, you know, like when you go see a band live, you like the new accents they put on it, the new way they interpret it. So it's best of both worlds. You get you know van halen today sounding like they do but with some classic material i mean it's it's it was a great concept i, I wish more bands would do that yeah, yeah me too i like that all right aaron what do you got next well when we were putting this list together i was thinking about songs that you know fit the theme and there was one song that i really liked but the problem was it was it was by the bangles <laughs> talk about the song hazy shade of winter and I said, well, you know, I always love that riff in that song, yeah, you know, and it's, it's a great tune, but that Bangles tune just really ain't that, you know, decibel geek worthy, you know, kind of, but not quite there. But Susanna Hoff is. Yeah. <laughs> She's yeah. definitely She's certainly worthy. Mitch worthy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not start on Mitch gasms. Right? right. Oh, yeah, no, no, not here. No more. There are no more of those. We're done. <laughs> no, no. You're all Mitch gasmed out. He's... <laughs> God. He's got no more love to give. Trademark that one. He's got no more love to give. Okay, so I'll put a bleep on top of that. Edit that out. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, back on track. So talk about hazy shade of winter. So I, I thought, well, surely somebody has done a rocked out cover of this that's a little bit heavier than that. So I get on online and I start look, looking and searching, and I found, um, who was it? I think the band was called Body Sodom. Guy. Oh, Sodom. oh, yeah. Sodom. Sodom. And there's like, you know, and it's like, whoa, that's, you know, it's that's a Christian band. That's right? like the, yeah, right. <laughs> it's the total opposite end of the spectrum of the Bangles. You know, that's a little too much. You know, Bangles, not quite enough. Sodom, a little too much. So I keep looking and I found this. And Mitch, you're right. Body job. Man, what a, this, and I heard it and I was like, yep, that's the one. That's the one I'm looking for. Thank you. 
Who are they? Who is Bond? Yeah, I don't know anything. All I know about them is that, well, this one came out in 99 off an album called Singles and Stuff. And uh, they're from Australia. And they do a rocked out version of Hazy Shade of Winter. find out these Not Australian the, bands that are really good. Right, yeah, there's that. a lot of Australian bands. You know, you, you find a band, you say, wow, you know, and they've been around since, you know, this band's been around since, I guess, earlier than 99 at least. Yeah. We'd never heard of them. There's a lot of great bands in Australia. It's some kind of big secret over there. Only ACDC has snuck out. Yeah, well, Rose Tattoo. Yeah, I know. Rose Tattoo, yeah. yeah. Okay, so... Uh, Rose Tattoo barely snuck out. I mean, in Canada, we, we sort of know the name, but that's about it. They, they, right. I think they made it to the UK and... Yeah, died well, slow death. Well, I didn't really. Well, I think their their until, big claim to fame was Guns and Roses yeah, covering nice them. Nice boys don't play rock yeah. and roll. Yeah. yeah, that was yeah. Guns and Roses helped give them attention, basically. Right. And then I I've heard I've heard of them on other podcasts, and that kind of helped me discover some of their stuff. Right, but that's why this podcast has writers, so we can say, hey, you know, get us some information about Body Jar, put an article together, yeah. let everybody know. We need a Body Jar article. Somebody will do it. Um, yeah. Okay, well, and as I said earlier, a lot of my picks came to me quickly, and this one did, and this one actually works on two levels, especially with what's going on today. We've had a bad winter that sucked. Of course, it, you know, it's 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 a chilly 47 degrees here right now. Yeah, no I know. No bitch can relate. That's um, right. We're, we're, we're starting in the south and pushing it north and getting rid of it. Right. And then I'm trying, uh, to, trying to think what it is here today. And then at the same time, another big news story is Russia and all the stuff they were pulling. Yeah. So it kind of reminded me of the 80s when all the whole... Uh, Cold War stuff, Cold yeah. War. And then, then, uh, so then I thought, well, Russian winter, you know, the decline of Western civilization, part two movie had yeah. London playing a song called Russian Winter. So I was like, well, let me see if they actually recorded this song, and they did. They did the song on an album that came out in 1990 called Playa del Rock. Although some versions of the album are released as Depreced instead of London. So oh, yeah. it's up to you if it's if this is London or not. What a strange story with that band. Yeah. Um, something interesting I found about this, though, was the album was produced by Richard uh, Podolor, who recorded uh, with Three Dog Night, and he also did the Special Forces album for Alice Cooper. Hmm. That's a great... Anything Alice Cooper is great. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially so, those lost 80s albums, Flush to Fashion, Data, those are... Yep. Got a lot of gems on those on those records. Yeah, it's a cool era, but it was horribly, lost era, horribly yeah, overlooked lost. And, and lost to, even to Alice because he didn't know what was going on. But um, yeah, the, I uh, I met the guys. Actually, I met the lineup that recorded this album of London because this was the lineup that was in town when I interviewed them for a upcoming Decline of Western Civilization Part Two special that's two years in the making. <laughs> so um, it's still like a, working. It's on like that. a Guns N' Roses album. Yeah, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's a shelved interview that will come out at some point. But um, saw them play live, and it's a it's a it's a pretty cool band, and uh, you know they definitely have their history in rock and roll. Mitch, do you know much about London? Uh, well, it's a it's a great city in, in the UK. <laughs> Um, uh, wise guy. 
Now, yeah, you know, I've heard the name in the rock circle. It wasn't that the one that had uh, Nikki Six in it originally. Yeah, originally. Yeah, I think wasn't Blackie Lawless in Blackie it at Lawless. one point too. Everybody's uh, been in the. They were like the farm team for bands. That yeah, got yeah, because the members would always go on to bands that would make it big, and then they'd they have to replace would. them, and then yeah. the next guy would go, and then they'd replace him, and then the drummer would be gone, and they would replace him. And... Yeah, like a with like a triple A baseball team or something. Exactly. Right. Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah, yeah, I know a little bit about them. I got sent a, a, a CD to review about 15 or 20 years ago, some kind of London, what was it called? Hey, or it was a collection of demos, but yeah, I never paid much, much attention to them. I mean, I went to check out Russian Winter on YouTube before we did this interview and sounded okay. Yeah, it's produced but, pretty well. It's, it's, it's not a bad song. Not the greatest thing you'll ever hear, but, you know, interesting band with an interesting history. Mm-hmm. And that interview will come out one of these days. Someday. <laughs> apologize, Eventually. Apologize to Nader and crew. So, uh, all right, who's next? Uh, Mitch, you're next. Yeah, and I don't know if this one necessarily is about winter. In fact, it probably isn't. But there are two reasons why it came to mind. It's uh, Stone Cold Crazy by Metallica. And, and I really focus on the cold and crazy because when you've been in the cold for so long like we have this year, I mean, it's it's... You know, when, when March rolls around, everything usually is starting to melt. And this year, it's just it's, it's just not. And it makes you crazy. And uh, it came from an album called Rubiat, Electra's 40th Anniversary. And since I'm all in this Kiss 40th Anniversary stuff, it made sense to me to pick Stone Cold Crazy. And listen, it's a great song. Uh, Queen just announced a tour, and it's a Queen cover. It, it just it just came to mind right away. Yeah, it's it's a cover that definitely outdoes the original. Yeah. But you know what? That's the case with Metallica on every single cover they've done. There is not a single original version that is better than what Metallica has done. No, I'll, I'll, still, take, I'll still take Thin Lizzy's version of uh, Whiskey in the Jar over there. Oh, uh, no, too slow. Metallica gives it balls. I disagree. Yeah, but that's their job. You know, that's like that Garage Incorporated when that came out. There's a lot of great covers on yeah. that album. Mm-hmm. But it's Metallica's job to take a song that eh, kind of rocks and really kick it in the ass because, hey, they're Metallica. That's what they do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at some of the songs they've done, like uh, So What and Am I Evil song. and yeah. Red Man. They've taken it to the next level. And, you know, Queen fans are going to hate me for this, but they took this song to the next level. Oh, totally. Stone Cold Crazy. The lead, the lead yeah. playing on it is incredible. I mean, it's... Mm. Everything about the Metallica drumming is incredible. incredible. It's, it's just, it's them at their best, you know. Yeah, and you know, this year they're, they're coming to this heavy Montreal festival in August, and I work that festival backstage, and I'm in the press tent all day long, and so... I'm going to be in the press tent with Metallica around me. Do you nice. understand how stoked I am? I bet. That's going to be very <laughs> cool. Isn't Slayer playing at that too? They are. Yeah, there's a lot wow. of people playing this year. Uh, Lamb of God is going to be there, which I think is their only North American show this year. Um, well, who else is there? Bad Religion. I mean, it's just it's, it's a oh, great I festival. And I, I'm very privileged to be able to have uh, that backstage access and sit and enjoy this show and Got to be Metallica. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, hell, speaking of Metallica, that covers my next pick, too. Uh, for, couldn't do this show without this one from 84's Ride the Lightning, Trapped Under Ice. I think oh, yeah. a lot of people have been feeling like they've been trapped under ice this winter. 
Yeah, you know, that was a, that was a pick that I had wanted too, and uh, you know, kudos for you to pick it. Great, great song. Great song. That's always my trick to all this. Whenever we do these shows, I try to get my picks in as quick as possible so I, so I can beat everybody else to the punch. And a lot of times Chris is like, yeah, I was just about to pick that song. Yeah. And then you sent me a message that says, I got it. quick with these things but yeah it was mm-hmm. although I, I like the challenge because then it forces me to find other stuff yeah so, uh, which is fine so which is good and yeah but and you, you know you look at the album that that came from ride the lightning i mean obviously you've got the title track for whom the bell toll fades yeah. to black creeping death i mean hello greatest hits right there <laughs> yeah for sure one of the greatest albums ever released and it's got escape on it yeah one of the greatest songs that metallica hates yeah ask them to play that when you see them <laughs> <laughs> they played it recently yeah, last year they did that yeah. show in um yep it was uh, the was uh, it the orion festival the orion festival yeah. and i think it was out in new jersey was it last year yeah, and you, they they did ride the lightning from uh, top to bottom and they played it yeah it's, that's awesome it's funny watching them try to intro the song because james is like are we sure we don't want to do something else <laughs> he really hates that song <laughs> So yeah, although, you know why? It, it came off really cool. So, you know, good on them. Oh, and I by the way, I, I love a band that takes chances. Yeah. Metallica yeah. will play anything. Yeah, there's some other bands that could take a cue from that, but well, that's another discussion. Okay, so uh my turn. All right. Speaking of Eric Singer. Yeah. Um Badlands, Winner's Call. Heck yeah. This uh this is a great song. Um it's from a, an awesome album, it was their debut album, self titled. Came out May 11th, 1989. Ray Gillen, Jakey Lee, Greg Chase, and Eric Singer. Super group. Yeah, that's <clears throat> it's an awesome band. It was too bad they didn't last longer than they did because, I mean, I, I think they would have turned out a lot of great stuff. Ray Gillen's vocals combined with singers drumming and with Jakey e. Lee's guitar playing, and it's just—it's mm-hmm. an incredible band. And I'm just happy to see Jakey e. Lee back out there again. You know, it's—it's—it's yeah. it's, it's nice that he finally came back and is doing music. And it seems seems like the new album is doing well. I've listened to it a lot myself. I just—I'm got my fingers crossed for a Nashville gig, hopefully this year. Yeah, I'm actually going to go see Jake and his band on uh, April 9th out in Ottawa, Canada. So it's, I'm very much looking forward to that, you know. I mean, anything Jake e. Lee's involved in automatically makes it better. I mean, even a couple of years ago, he played on that Enough's Enough album, and that album was freaking awesome. I mean, the guitar playing hasn't been that good since Derek Frigo was in the band. Yeah, yeah he's a he's an incredible talent, and I, you know, hopefully he'll make up for lost time. And I, I just hope I hope people show up and, you know, those of you listening, 
if you have an opportunity to see somebody like Jake come to your town, buy the ticket and go. Right. Yeah, support them. There is a there is a shelf life on stuff like this. Albums aren't selling, so you have to go see them live. You know. Well, and what would be nice is after uh, Ozzy's done with this Sabbath tour, which I'm actually seeing two days before the the Jake show, uh, is if Jake and Ozzy could get back together and, and do one last album. That would be awesome. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I would dig that. that is, that would be that'd be really great. Is, but yeah, the Badlands song, cool, cool song, cool band, and uh, anything that has Eric Singer in it, kudos from me or, or thumbs up, whatever you call it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. You know, and talking about supporting these bands when they come to town, as always, you know, go to the websites, go go to the iTunes, go to Amazon, buy the music from all these bands that we played today. You know, hopefully today you got to hear something that was a little bit different, maybe you haven't heard before, and you want to go buy it. You know, the only way that these bands survive, it's not just us shining the light on them today, it's you going out and supporting them, you know, like we do. Yeah. So, you know, the more you support these bands, the more they're going to the more music they're going to create the more shows they're going to play and the world continues to be a beautiful sunshiny place all the snow and the ice melts and it's all good <laughs> well i got to say uh, you know talking of long cold winters when bands show up in january and february and stuff and, and sort of breaks up the monotony it really is important it really makes a difference yeah because you know, in the summertime you've got 4000 bands in your city but that one band that says all right i'm going to make that trek in the winter uh, you really got to support them and appreciate them. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and being that spring is almost here, it's it's like concert season again is coming. Like you said, you know, it's an exciting time. Yeah, totally. Uh, Mitch, what you got next? Uh, L.A. Guns, uh, a song called "Winter's Fool," and uh, this was actually the Japanese bonus track on the very, very first L.A. Guns album. And uh, nice. It's, it's, it's a really cool tune. I mean, that it, it actually really rounds out the uh, first album very, very nicely. Cool little rock song. I think you can still get it on import and stuff. So is this Phil Lewis or Paul Black? Definitely Phil Lewis. Okay. It, it, it's the first one that had sex action and no mercy and all that. And, uh, you know, and, and anything with extra Phil Lewis is good to me. You know, he did that song uh, Master and Slave on, on that Kiss tribute I did. I and love that. That's I, I probably love my favorite voice. track. You love that? Did you love that version of Master and Slave? I think it's better than the Kiss version, honestly. It's it's really really good. It's like I said, it's one of my favorite tracks on that whole tribute thing. And there's a lot of songs on there to yeah. choose from, <laughs> but uh, I I love the idea of it, uh, you know, because I love L.A. Guns, and I, I, I unlike you, I love Carnival of Souls. You know, that's one of my favorite Kiss albums, and uh, you know, to hear one of my favorite bands doing one of my favorite songs, you know. It's. I loved it, man. It's just great. I'm glad yeah. you. I'm glad you made somebody do a song off Carnival of Souls, and I'm glad it was L.A. Guns. Yeah, but I just Phil Lewis. It has that that dirty, sleazy rock thing down perfectly. And Master and Slave to me, I took it as being some kind of like you know, you know, B. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, like a sex action dish. type song. Yeah, yeah, and I just thought, wow, Phil Lewis doing that would be perfect. And and. 
turned out perfect. If yeah. you ask me. Good call. <laughs> Good call. And, and you gotta love. You gotta love L.A. Guns. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, Underrated. All versions. All versions. All fifty-two <laughs> versions. And, uh, right. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you, Mitch, since you're since you're a free agent now, when are you when are you going to start your stint with L.A. Guns? Uh, you know, real soon. Uh, <laughs> nice. Going to get right in there. Actually, uh, you know, Stacy Blades of uh, formerly of L.A. Guns wrote me yesterday. He asked me to try to find you know book him a couple of dates up in Canada with his Let It Rock thing and uh, I spoke to Adam Hamilton uh, yesterday as well who also was in LA Guns for a while so uh, it, it'll never end there'll always be something LA Guns this in my life that's Stacy Blades he's a fellow Canadian too isn't he yeah out of Calgary I believe and and he was a great talent I mean it, it yeah. made you forget about Tracy Guns real quick no offense, Tracy. I don't know about that. That's you're that's not a bold ru- statement. You're not going to ruin that interview for me. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you got a Tracy Guns interview coming up? Well, we're hoping so, but yeah, uh, I don't. Not I, anymore. I, I no. Say we did. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, but I mean, listen, he he was a great guitarist, and he fit in uh, really nice. And and the new guy, Michael Grant, that they have, who was in End Ever After before that, uh, he also makes L.A. Guns pop. I mean. But, you know, the band's always done well. As long as you have Phil Lewis's voice, you, who cares about anything else? True. I wonder what, what's Tracy Guns up to now? I know he had that, that like, geez, it's been like a year ago he had that album, that uh, video come out. The League of Gentlemen. Yeah, Gentlemen. that was weird and different, but it was still pretty cool. And I, I haven't heard nothing about anything wow, else lately. Not in a while. I yeah, well, you don't really hear much from the uh, food stamp office. So. Oh, well, wow. that's that. <laughs> He probably, he probably terrible, took the number man. and is waiting to have his name called. I'm scratching that name uh, off the list. <laughs> I'll say this though: when I when I seen him, he played and he had the uh, he had Jizzy Pearl with him, yeah. and they were awesome that night. I mean, they were really really damn good. And Jizzy Pearl, you know, he's doing all kinds of stuff now. What he's got the love, riot. well, he's got he's doing the love hate thing right now, and then he's got Quiet Riot coming up. And mm-hmm. what, what do you think of Jizzy Pearl in in Quiet Riot, Mitch? You know, I, I really didn't think it was going to work, but I've checked out some YouTube stuff, and it seems to fit. So, you know, until I actually hear an album or see them for myself, I, I sort of can only say that it looks good and it seems to sound good. But, yeah, anything Frankie Benelli chooses to do is, is, is all right with me. He's, yeah. he's one of those real gentlemen that I've always appreciated. Right and, 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 and by the way, as far as Tracy Gunn goes, I'm just making jokes. I love Tracy. He, he's a great guitarist. <laughs> It was nice having you on, man. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to record some kind of disclaimer now. <laughs> well, I, that was your disclaimer right there. Yeah, there, so. good. Mitch loves Tracy. Get that out of the way. <laughs> All right, yeah, that'll be our cold opening. I'll play that one line, and then we'll yeah. get into the show. But uh, okay, Aaron, you got the next. Welcome one. to the Decibel Geek Podcast. For the record, Mitch loves Tracy Guns, and now I'm with the show. <laughs> Um, let's see. Oh, this is my last one for the day. Um, and it was actually the first one I thought of when we, we discussed the idea of doing this. Um, this one came out on Skid Row's album, Subhuman Race. But the version that I picked, and I'm talking about the song Frozen, was off the uh, 40 Seasons, the best of Skid Row. And this was the 94 demo version of the song. Right, 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 right. Which, which sounded better recorded than the actual album that came out. That's what I thought, too. That's why I wanted to go with this version. Yeah, Still 
you know, the funny story with this was I was thinking that it was recorded by Michael Wagner. And so, you know, Michael Wagner, good friend of the show, and I wanted to say, hey, you know, let's, you know, I want to play the special Michael Wagner version of it. So I thought I had the CD, and I didn't. And so I thought I could find the information online, and I couldn't. So what I ended up having to do is last night haul ass about 20 miles away from the house to go to a record store to rush in before the place closed just to get in there and read the inner sleeve on the CD to make sure I have my facts straight. So Michael Wagner did not produce this version of the song, but it's a demo version, you know, put together by the band, and it's it sounds great. I like yeah. it. So listeners... What, what's more remarkable is that you actually have record stores in Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we do. You're yeah. so... 1986. Oh, yeah, we, we, we are. Have a, we have a few really good ones. <laughs> That's yeah. why all the members of Cinderella and Michael yeah. Wagner and everybody else are moving to Nashville because yeah. yeah, we're so exactly. 1986, yeah. and we're okay with that. So, so Aaron is either extremely dedicated to the show or he's nuts. You decide. Probably a little of both. Yeah, it's a good. It's a good song. <laughs> okay. All right, so I've got one more pick to go, and. Uh, this one is kind of topical with uh, a new, a, an unfortunate news story that happened recently. Um, I picked uh, a song called Too Cold in the Winter by a band called Cry of Love. Yeah. And um, this is a band that, this is one of those bands that was just here one minute and they were gone the next. And uh, this album came out in 93. So as you're hearing this, imagine 1993 hearing this. This sounds nothing like anything else that was coming out in that time. That's probably why they didn't have more success, because this is a definite throwback-type song. Yeah. Uh, the whole album is that way. Uh, the, this band was from Raleigh, North Carolina, and singer Kelly Holland was fired after the album came out, and they did the Monsters of Rock Festival. He was fired, but the band claimed that he left on his own. It was kind That's of a mystery. That's what I always thought. I heard, thought, heard and, that he um, left. And uh, unfortunately, Holland passed away recently from an abdominal affection at age 52. Yeah, that's so, sad stuff. He was, uh, after this album came out, he was replaced by Robert Mason, who is now the vocalist for Warrant. Yeah, Robert Mason's awesome. He did some good stuff with Lynch Mob, too. So whatever band Robert Mason sings for next. He also did some stuff with Rat that you're not aware of. Robert Mason? Yeah, yeah when, um, before, when Piercy left and before they got Jizzy Perlin, Robert Mason went in and sang for Rat or auditioned. Huh. And... I'm not sure, but I think on YouTube somebody posted the uh, Mason demos. But back in the day, I was out in L.A. doing a an L.A. Guns album, Wasted, and uh, that was the talk in the in the in the control room and stuff, all about Robert Mason auditioning for Rat. Wow, hmm. I had no idea. That would be interesting to hear some of that. I like Robert Mason. I think he's a hell of a vocalist. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to go to YouTube in a second and check because I, I really think they've been put up there. Or at least you can find them in bootleg circles or somebody. But but they are floating around, and they Mitch, sound great. Mitch talking about bootleg circles. Who's living in 86 now? <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Internet circles. Right, right. It's on Google right. somewhere. <laughs> It's like we're trading VHS tapes at KISS concerts again. <laughs> I, good, I know. I have good I memories like, of doing that. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, so I spent a lot. That KISS reunion tour, I spent a oh, lot of time at the post office oh, receiving too. and sending. And you know what? About five or six years ago, I just saw these piles of tapes. I had about 400 of them, and I brought them straight to the curb and saw the garbage man haul them off. And I just went, thank you, good night. 
Yeah. Now there's about a thousand Kiss fans that just heard that and are like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah, there was a, there was a lot of cool stuff, a lot of pro shot stuff. But I mean, I, I figured, you know what? I don't have a VHS player anymore. I'm not spending my time transferring this stuff to DVD. So thank you, good night. So somewhere there's a landfill in eastern Quebec with bootleg kiss tapes that have been smashed to bits wow. and picked over by seagulls at this point. I would Gene imagine. Simmons you heard it that here. landfill. You heard it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you heard it here first. Mitch LaFont actually threw a kiss item away. Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, I threw a lot of kiss items away. About five years ago, we had a, a flood in our basement and, and mold set in. And so everything had to be stripped, torn out, ripped out. And it was bunch of boxes with Dang. Kiss merch in it that had unfortunately mold set in and all had to go. Well, what was the most heartbreaking thing that you lost in that? Well, you know what? A lot of it was uh, personal stuff like concert tickets to, to different Kiss shows and pictures and uh, uh, just just stuff you can't buy. And right. I, I can't really explain, but I mean, you, you know, you can't go back and get your hot in the shade 1989, you know, Montreal Forum concert ticket. There's a, right. a lot of memorabilia that had a special meaning, but all gone now. And, you know, T-shirts from shows that can't replace and, yeah, that was listen. I, I lost all all my high school uh, report cards and work. I mean, everything. Damn. It was, you know what? I just threw it out. Shut your eyes and go. Okay, listen. Forget about it. Forget it's like about it. A lot of a lot of baseball memorabilia. I mean, I, I was around the baseball. I had I, I was a coach uh, at a place uh, in Montreal, and we had the Expo Montreal Expo players there. So I had all their autographs because they coached along with me, and oh, cool. all gone, Man. all gone. Damn. You got you and Sebastian Bach losing all your Kiss stuff in a flood. I was gonna say, man, you should have just gave it to Ace Frehley, let him keep it in his in his basement. It might have had a better shot. Oh, it would have burned up in a fire. <laughs> oh yeah. So, okay. All right, Mitch, you got the last pick of the day. Yeah, and um, now I'm looking at the list you sent me, and you put L.A. Guns, Winter's Fool again. But no, we're, I liked we're going... it so much, I thought we'd do it twice. No, oh. We'll do it twice. Yes, it's the bonus track on the uh, no. Um, no, I, I'm going a little different. I'm going Billy Idol, but Billy Idol from his last album, Devil's Playground, that came out in uh, 2004 or 2005. It was. There's some heavy stuff on there. Well, that whole album is really like a metal album, and it's not. It's not. You know. Dancing with myself here. It's not sort of this new age Billy Idol. It's this hard rock. I mean, you had uh, uh, what's his name, Brian Tishy on drums, and so on and so forth. And uh, there's a song called "Yelling at the Christmas Tree," and it's just all these double entendres about Santa Claus jingling his bells, his balls, and yeah. and and you. How just the go, hell did we miss that on the Christmas episode? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I gotta tell you, go go to YouTube or, or iTunes and just look up "Yelling at the Xmas Tree," but "Yelling at the Christmas Tree" by Billy Idol from the Devil's Playground album. It's just a, a, a stupid, funny rock song that has a Christmas winter theme to it. You know, oh, and it's pro- it's produced excellently. I mean, like it sounds great. <gasps> it's a great album. It's, it's really good. 
really great. I listened to it yesterday. My, we, we drove out to Ottawa, which is two hours away, and my wife said, I want to hear this album. And I go, okay, random pick, but let's go for it. <laughs> it's a great album. That's cool. Yeah, if anybody, you think you're not a Billy Idol fan, I, I recommend you check out that album because, like Mitch said, it's really a heavy rocking album. Oh, yeah. You look, I mean, there's a song on there, Scream and Super Overdrive and World yeah. Coming Down. And mm -hmm. there, there is metal. There's certainly more metal than Bon Jovi has been in the last 25 years. Oh, gosh. That's don't easy. even start on that. That's just sad. But, um, well, so I hope we gave everybody a good little sample of some stuff that'll make them feel a little bit better about the crappy winter we've been through. Yeah. And um, spring's right around the corner. It is, absolutely. And um, before we go, Mitch, of course, we have to. We have to ask because I know some people are going to listen to this solely because they want to know what's going on with you and you know why you're doing what you're doing. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity to just say whatever you want to say to, yeah, to those, those of your those members it. of the Mitch Army that are listening. To exactly this. Oh, the wonderful Mitch Army. That, that 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 to me is the most surreal thing, by the way. That. Uh, People actually have called themselves members of a Mitch army. <laughs> That's but, awesome. <laughs> but I appreciate it. You know, uh, I guess you're referring to me deciding to leave three sides of the coin, that KISS podcast. And uh, how can I put this? It, it was the fact that um, there was discussions that the show had too many interviews and wanted to go back to being focused about being just a discussion based um podcast and and my strength or at least my perceived strength has always been doing interviews and i had a whole bunch of great people lined up you know i had dana strum and i had richie wise and i had mitch weissman who was on gene's solo album and a whole and 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 and, and gordon gebbard who did the kit and all of those got shot down i was told no 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 we too many interviews we'll we'll get to them uh in the years to come right. and uh, I just felt you know what I, I really think people would rather listen to Richie Wise speak to me for an hour about the Kiss album and the Hotter Than Hell album than for for a listener to tune in and listen to gee does Mitch think that uh, Kings of Hearts is a great song off of Hotter Than Shade mm -hmm. I mean yeah sure those, those those discussions have their 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 place and, right. and, and are certainly worthy but I think if you have a choice between getting Richie Wise on as a guest and talking about Hot in the Shade, I think the obvious choice is Richie Wise, and others didn't agree with me. And so... So it really does boil down to like a creative differences situation. Yeah, and uh, you know, it also boils down to a bit of a... Uh, I also wasn't very happy about how... Uh, sometimes fans on the Facebook page were treated, and it, it, it never came from me. And, and the people were sometimes belittled or insulted and then banned. And it, it just seemed very unnecessary and, and, and mean-spirited, only to be mean-spirited. And, 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 and I don't operate like that. I don't want to come off at this holier-than-thou nice guy and stuff. But when there's an issue like that or somebody goes on my Facebook page and is belligerent, I'd rather just go stealth, you know, quietly remove the comment, say nothing, and, you know, as time goes by, it just sort of vanishes, it melts away into the background. Right. And, and I thought by, by getting on a page and attacking people publicly, it, it, it made us look bad, and it didn't seem like good customer relations. And 
I'm just not comfortable with that. I, I, I much prefer, you know, there's a lot of people that were attacked on the Facebook page that I went to and emailed them personally and said, listen, first of all, I apologize. And second of all, and we've become friends. You know, I think if, you, if you're belligerent, you get belligerence back. And, and I wasn't comfortable with that. So, yeah, there was a different vision of where we were going in the future. But there was also a very different version, different vision of how uh, we should conduct ourselves. And, and I tried to explain that when you do something uh, on, the, on the Facebook page, it represents all three of us. And therefore, all three of us need to be in agreement with what is being represented. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, there, there is certainly one person that felt it's not, you know, it's his way or the highway. And, and uh, okay, so, you know, I took the highway. Listen, I, I, I interviewed Gene Simmons in 1980 when I was 11 years old. I was in studio with Eric and Bruce for, for an Ace Frehley tribute album in 96. I, um, you know, I've done interviews with everybody. I mean, if you Google Mitch LaFon, you'll see with, with, with guys from Metallica and, mm -hmm. and Judas Priest and, and yeah. Steve Perry of Journey. Uh, I, I didn't need somebody else telling me how to do what I need to do. And, and uh, you know, I'll survive. Uh, you know, since, since I decided to leave, I've done two interviews that are KISS-related that I've posted. Mm -hmm. Tomorrow I'm doing Mark Chanito uh, of Accept. Uh, you know, uh, I'm fine. I'll, I'll be fine. I, I don't need uh, TSC or, or anything to define who I am. Mitch is Mitch, and, and Mitch will just keep doing what Mitch does. And well, I, I think I do it well. You do. Yeah. And I... I can I, I want to speak to you as I've, I've known you since before the show, but I also mm -hmm. want to speak to you as a listener and a fan of the show because I do think it bears noting that you guys did build a really good show and a, yeah. with a very de de devoted listenership. I agree. And um, I'm sure you're proud of everything you guys did do together. I mean, it's you you know, regardless of how things ended. And right. I, I want to I, – just speaking as a fellow podcaster, and Aaron, I'm sure Aaron agrees with me on this – this and you've I've even seen you mention it on Facebook and the other guys. This doesn't have to be a side taking situation for listeners. But, oh, no, not but at all. these this are is, Kiss fans, yeah, you know, that we're it, talking to. So of course it's reflex. going to be. Yeah, but you can. St you I think this this gives a best of both words world situation because you're yeah gonna, absolutely you're going to get Mitch's interviews, which are always yeah. interesting, yeah. and you're still going to get good fun discussion on three sides. Yeah, so, absolutely, and and I'll, I'll tell you, please, I encourage you support. Uh, Michael and Tommy, they 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 have a, a good heart and and they really know their stuff when it comes to Kiss. Listen, Michael worked with Kiss for ten years. There's no reason why you should not listen or unsubscribe or or even go on their Facebook or anywhere and start bad mouthing them. Right. Um, you know, so it, it's part of the larger Kiss community, and we should all support each other. Quite frankly, yeah. So. So, you know, listen, come to my Facebook and, and see these different interviews, not only with Kiss Related, but with other people, and, and go over to, to Three Sides and go over to the Branville Ilk <laughs> and, uh, you know, give it a like and give it a listen and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have parallel universe. It'll right. be fantastic. 
Yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. I just listened to the one with uh, with Wise about the uh, the kiss early yeah. kiss stuff, man. Awesome, you know. And like you yeah, said, with I thought so. with three sides, you got a little bit of both of that. And but the interviews were really good. You oh, know, sure. it's like the difference between you know interviewing Moose or Kinto, like we got to, you know, and enjoyed it so much. I had such a good time doing it, yeah. and Gary Corbett and talking about Kiss. And you know, we can talk about Kiss all day long. Sure. But I think I'd rather hear from the guys that were there. You know, the people that can tell the stories that you've never heard before, instead of just rehashing the same stuff over and over again. But, yeah, you know, and I think so, too. And, and I think also when you do an interview with four people in the room, you know, three hosts, mm-hmm. th- there's a lot of stepping on each other's toes and you don't get to explore the issues as as in depth as you want because you've got to leave your place to the other question. And then the discussion goes in a different way. Yeah, right. I think the Richie Wise interview I did uh, alone is better than it could have been in any other circumstance just because there was one person directing the interview and one person answering the questions and it didn't become too many cooks in the kitchen right i mean it's even tough sometimes with just the two of us doing it when we're interviewing sometimes because like you say you know you're talking over the top of the other person or you know it just gets a little tricky but luckily for chris and i we've got the mind meld we've got the heavy metal mind meld so we know when it's each other's turns yeah i like that Heck yeah. (laughs) So with four guys, it's hard with two guys. It's tough, you know? So, but yeah, that, that interview was great. You know, I liked it a lot and, you know, keep them coming, Mitch. But I, you know, I just, like I said, as a fan of, of you and of the show, I, you know, I, I hope everyone will go ahead and let's, let's put the drama to bed and let's move on and listen to both shows if you like, and, and just have a good time. Cause this, we all got into doing this for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I gotta say, a lot of people wrote, and I saw in Kiss FAQ and all that, they said, oh, all this drama, and I didn't really see any drama. I made an announcement very politely saying, with heavy heart, I'm leaving the show, and they made a, an announcement on, on the TSC site that was very polite that said, we're, you know, we're sad to see Mitch go. There was no drama. I didn't go online and, and call Michael or Tommy names. They didn't go online and call me names. I, I don't understand where people all of a sudden thought there was drama. It was just... I well, it's not so much. With you guys. Yeah, it's not. It's not the <laughs> yeah. drama at the core. It's the drama right. surrounding it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and yeah, I, I guess unlike I guess. Kiss, you get the drama at the core and surrounding. Right, you but know? I, th- I think all three of you have handled yourselves well through all of it. And, yeah, pros, and, and definitely it, pros. And, and it's time to to move on and enjoy each other's shows and have fun. Yeah, with absolutely, us, you know. And now and, the good news is, is Mitch, you did a fantastic job today, and um, we're we're willing to bring you into the Decibel Geek Podcast. <laughs> sure, why not? Anytime. <laughs> you, you've passed your audition, sir. So we'll, we'll, see? we'll see you next week. <laughs> No, but you know, the funny thing is, is that after I, I announced that I was going to leave, uh, a Canadian production company called me and said, uh, would you be interested in starting up a Canadian version of that metal show on TV? And of course, I said, of course, but of yeah. course, you know, listen, those in development deals rarely ever pan out, but it was just nice to get the call to, to know that somebody appreciate it. That's how I look at it. Not as, oh, this is going to happen, but more as that means that somebody appreciate what, what I do. That's very and, cool. And uh, that's a good compliment. It's a good feeling. Absolutely. And, uh, and by the way, for all those on KISS FAQ and on the TSC's uh, Facebook and on my Facebook who have written nice things about me, thank you. Uh, I show them all to my wife and look at her and say, see? <laughs> so after all. People and, do love me. Yeah, I'm not a knucklehead. Yeah, and then last night she went to bed. Uh, she went to bed wearing the Mitch Army shirt, so I, so it's obviously had some kind of effect. So thank you, you you've 
But we don't want to go that behind the scenes with stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so there you go. Cool. So well, there you go. So awesome. this, this has been fun. Yeah, and, man. Um, so how can, yeah. uh, how can people check out your, your upcoming interviews? Well, I think the best thing is go to facebook.com slash Mitch Lafon and um, – you know, people go, oh, that's your personal page. Listen, my personal page five years ago became a KISS unofficial fan club page. So I gave up on the posting. I'm having dinner with my dad talk. Um, so go there. I post every video, every whether it goes out to Brave Words or it goes out to some other media outlet. or I'll still put whatever Mitch does on the Mitch Facebook. And that's sort of ground central or, or ground zero for everything Mitch Look at that. I'm talking about myself in a third person. Oh, boy. <laughs> Uh-oh. But uh, everything I do is going to end up either on my Twitter feed, which is Mitch Lafon, at Mitch Lafon, or uh, on Facebook. And it doesn't matter if it's on Brave Words or on whatever ground. Central Station are those two places. Good well, sounds deal. good. Well, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, one. and another good thing, Mitch, is if you do join the Decibel Geek podcast, we encourage talk about Vinnie Vincent. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Once we hang up the uh, the uh, the recording, uh, stay online. I've got a couple of good stories to tell you. Ooh, oh, nice. Right. Well, I guess uh, that means we better get the heck out of here, and we'll see you guys next week. Cheers, all. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.